Around the NFL podcast is bigger than the big top. <laughs> We're here from the Chris Wessling podcast studio. It's around the NFL. And I think we have an issue. Okay. You weirded me out. I think there's an issue here. They're still here. BTS still here. Yeah. And I'm starting to be concerned there's an insurrection situation here. Doesn't it make sense that they would try to take the territories around SoFi Stadium? Back you can Ricky, okay? Oh God, they're coming! All right, we're back. Good job. We used Greg as a peacemaker there. Built a bridge. Good job, Greg. And we locked the doors. Okay. BTS still here. One more day. One more concert. I I couldn't but, believe it. No, I I mean I texted you because I didn't know if you were trying yeah. to take the same. There's a street that Dan and I take called Prairie Avenue, which is poorly named because it's clogged. I mean a prairie generally is a wide open <laughs> space, and it couldn't be more clogged generally with construction. But then this BTS scenario got dropped on us, and there's like hundreds of. Um, girls in like cosplay outfits you know crowding the entryway to the building so so okay so i was stunned to see that there's still people and you know got here around 10 30 in the morning concerts at what 8 p.m i don't know what they're up to so i did some reporting i, I pounded the pavement and talked to some people and this is what the insider came back with ATA, ATA, media insider 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 dan hansen, hansen, hansen. for the truth go to the zeus <laughs> in the morning dolphin the merch they're here for the merch the merch goes on sale at 5 a.m on the day of the concert so people are coming to the concert eight ten hours 12 hours 14 hours before it starts for the merch great even on the non-concert days the merch would go on sale and if you got and i was checking this on twitter because i was just seeing if i could go it so uh, if you showed up around 6 30 you'd have about an eight hour wait six hour wait to get the merch. What what is the merch? Just it's a T-shirt with their like their faces. They've got some of these glow what? lights that are only useful tonight. That's like synced up with the actual concert. The, um, but yeah, some concert stuff that you could only get get here. I guess the gross national product of the BTS nation. Those uh, my other I had other sources that told me those are sixty dollars. Those flashlights, and they're selling them from the break of dawn through the concert. It's impressive. And when uh, you got you know. money, you got power. And that's why this building is vulnerable. That's And that's why what happened earlier. I was at the World uh, World AIDS Day concert last Humble night. Humble brag. Yeah, at the forum. And it was Jennifer Hudson and Christina Aguilera. It was like the most amazing thing ever. But Jet and I realized when we were leaving that BTS Army was getting out. We sat in bumper-to-bumper traffic <laughs> for one hour before. It took us two hours to get home. 
one hour was in park with all these people with you know their their bunny ears walking past my car i and those lights i thought that we were going to be under attack at some point well bts army is legit i mean i just say we, we are it. from an angle from one angle um a boy band of our own maybe not the boy boy might be strong a well man, we made out of band, that but, but it's like new kids on the block are still touring right there's no kids in that group anymore. I mean, we could square off. Who how many, could how many sell out band? the SoFi Stadium four nights in a row? Like, I don't. Do you even think the Rolling Stones could Pete do Yorn. that? Pete Yorn. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I think, I Taylor think Swift they could have done eight, I think, based on, like, the resale Oh, my God. Value. Pretty good. Pretty good. Watch out. Mm. All right. Maybe Zach Wilson will be our leader, you know? <laughs> the boy he, who shall lead us. He might be looking for a job soon. <laughs> he might need a fallback plan. <laughs> it's not. That's not funny. Um, but... <laughs> He it does look like he looks the part. That's why I he think he certainly does. He does. And Baker Mayfield could be the manager. <laughs> I mean, it. You know, we dead hitting now. We're probably. You know, why did I didn't even make the initial jab at your quarterback who's underperforming? It wasn't intentional, but it was just sitting there. It was. It's I fine. Walked into it. It's fine. Uh, my defenses are up with the boy. I didn't need that on any level. Uh, it, it does. You can pack. Imagine if Baker lost his hair, so he just has the middle-aged bald ring, and then he put him in a pair of those like colored aviators and a toothpick in his mouth. He could be a manager. He could do that, but I mean, he's got a great head of hair, so I don't know. What you're that you're wish casting something there. All right, let's get to it. Enough of the malarkey. Week 13's here. Coming up later, uh, Greg's going to recap Cowboys Saints uh, with Henry Hodgson. Don't even get. Alvin Kamara there, that's annoying. What's going on with that season in New Orleans? But we're going to spin forward to the games to be played on Sunday and Monday. And uh, strange week, only one game between 2020 playoff teams. That's the Ravens at Steelers. And even that game doesn't have a ton of juice. Because How about of only one game between 2021 playoff teams? Like if the season if ended the season. Today. Right, the, that the, game has a stink coming off it is what it has. And then uh, we have seven divisional games. So that, that obviously has... Uh, big impact potentially in division races and whatnot and, uh, you know, conference tiebreaker stuff. So we're going to get into it all. Let's start, though, as we always do, before we get to our draft, let's start with the primetime games. Uh, and it's a solid one. It got flexed. The Denver Broncos are 6-5. and five. Um, Surprisingly, they're 6-5. and five. They had that 3-0 and oh start. They weathered some storms. They've been up and down. And it, it just so happens that they are six and five uh, as the calendar is turned over to December in a year where the K- Kansas City Chiefs have been trying to figure things out. Now, did they figure things out, Greg? We will find out. They're seven and four, one game up. And I'm kind of rooting, Greg, for um, chaos because yeah. if the Broncos beat yeah. the Chiefs. Forget about it. The AFC West becomes a complete grab bag. <sighs> It is up for grabs. Let's see if that happens. At least give us an entertaining game on Sunday night. I know these teams seem very unpredictable. To me, I kind of know what the Broncos' offense is. They got some injuries this week at tackle and and Melvin Gordon. That's not ideal. We know who they are. I know the Chiefs' defense has been better lately, and they're ultimately good. It's like the Chiefs are going to put up – I mean, the Broncos are going to put up about 20 points in this game. That's my preview for you. On the other side of the ball (laughs) – I have no idea what's going to happen. These are, and I looked on Football Outsiders. These are two of the highest variances in terms of the Broncos' defense and the Chiefs' offense of any sides on of the football in football. Like the Broncos' defense, two out of the last three games, put it to the Cowboys and did a fantastic job of the Chargers. Could they be one of those groups 
that closes and finishes much different than they looked for a big chunk of the season. Because if they are, I think they have a chance to slow down the Chiefs at least. Andy Andy Reid's great coming off a bye, but will he take what's given to him? And Vic Fangio kind of started this whole trend of all around the league, everyone's playing the Chiefs this way. This is they're they're playing the way the Broncos play every week, which is they beg you to run. They're they're begging the Chiefs who are good at running. They're begging them to dink and dunk. Will Andy Reid take what's given to him? Will Patrick Mahomes do that in this game? It, if they don't, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I think if you're Vic Fangio and you came in at some point and said, "Here's what I envision for my team." I mean, a little more on offense, but. This is what the Vic Fangio, this is what you're selling. I mean, they've allowed under 230 yards passing in four of the last five games. Outside Mm. of that Eagles mess, they are shutting air attacks down. And Patrick Mahomes, who's never lost to Denver, has not faced this version of Denver's defense that we're seeing right now. So I, I think that, you know, when this got flexed, it was like, really? Like the Broncos? But it's turned into something that has become much spicier. What got flexed out? It was Seattle, San Francisco. Okay. Good job. Yeah. Smart. Got to get move. Russ out well, of prime was, time. What right. a state of affairs. Got to get Russ out. Hey, Teddy, come on in, Teddy. Well, Good let's, job. let's come. I don't think that. that was the selling point. Um, it was get, get, Pat, get Pat into prime time <laughs> more. And that's why it's like you look at this game and I, I say I root for chaos because I don't really have a dog in the fight. Uh, but at the same time, do I really think and I know it's been a weird year for Kansas City that Patrick Mahomes is going to lose in primetime in December against a division rival that has flickering hopes of uh, stealing the AFC West away. I don't see it. And one thing that does surprise me, uh, because there's been so much hand-wringing, and it's, you know, worthy hand-wringing because the Chiefs have, have, have had major issues on offense. But what have I told you they haven't lost since October 24th? Like, this is the Chiefs that everyone – it's been a crisis, and it's because you don't get the sense that they're on a four-game winning streak and haven't lost in a month and a half almost because uh, their defense has been picking up for the offense. So even though – throw out that uh, Raiders win, 41-14 on Sunday night, those other three wins around the bye, they scored 20, 13, and 19 points – Vic Fangio can do cook up everything he could cook up and and hold the the Chiefs to 21 points or so. There's a chance, a good chance, that KC is still going to win because their defense has proven now over the past month plus that they don't need a shootout. They don't need Mahomes in the offense to be elite to get it done. They're getting a pass rush. I mean, Chris Jones, who we talked about on our show last Friday, has been phenomenal for them. And they are – I mean, they're just – it's okay if teams kind of change – their identity a little bit during the year. I mean, I, who would have thought that their offense would have scored only 20 points against the Giants? They won that game, but it's like, this is not the Kansas City team we're used to. But they're also coming off a of bye. Andy Reid has that great history. You do kind of feel like at some point, Mahomes specifically is going to figure it out and get into the flow. It's just this this Denver defense is built to stop the pass. That's what they're built to do. Sertan's playing great. Kareem Jackson might be back for this game. Like they're they're getting finally the secondary play that they thought they had. I I just don't think on offense they'll hold up. Like they are still down to their third, fourth, fifth string tackles against an improved uh, pass rush. It could be a tough spot for Teddy, but you know he's you know he's Teddy survived. higher QB rating than Patrick Mahomes right now. This is this a, is the te- Teddy Teddy's game. analytics are almost too good. They're like embarrassingly good, but it, I think it points to what he's been this year. I mean, it's like, I don't embarrassingly good. It's true. Well, there's this one that's like EPA plus completion percentage right. over expected. 
and he's like second or third in the league. It's like that actually says more about the stat than it does about Teddy. But I think it's to the point that he's he's done exactly what you would hope. I just I just think you're gonna have to score thirty in this game. Right. I don't trust the Broncos defense. I do kind of like them to cover nine and a half points. Like Vegas is not buying into this. Broncos resurgence, and they really haven't bought into the Chiefs declining. They're expecting it to bounce back. If, if you are in the desert realm, the Chiefs have scored fewer than 25 points in five straight home games, which is stunning. Andy Reid, 21-4 and four after the bye. Greg, you had mentioned that. And Teddy Bridgewater, this is good, Greg. Nice little island game for Bridgewater, who's trying to convince a team, hey, keep me around, make me part of your future. Well, here's a big game for them. If they could somehow win this game, he plays well. That that matters. And you take all those advanced analytics that paint him as a, a better-than-average quarterback. Now stack some wins. Get a playoff uh, uh, Vic Fangio also saying, keep me around. And there aren't a lot of right. signature wins in the Fangio era. I, the Cowboys is one. This would be huge. I think Teddy is the Broncos quarterback next year, unless they can get Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Deshaun Watson. And then no matter what he does the rest of the season, he won't be the Broncos quarterback. Yeah. So I really think that is, that's the equation I don't think for him. he's coming. I think they're going to – if this season but plays out But if the they way, strike out, it's not it, – it sounds great to go get that the, one of those guys, but there's no guarantee that you will. And if you don't, then right. I think Teddy is like their ideal fallback. All right, the best game of the week, it's kind of throwback. This is the way it used to be in the old days. Uh, Monday Night Football. The New England Patriots, 8-4. and four riding a six-game win streak, head up to Orchard Park to face the 7-4 and four Buffalo Bills, the team that was the heavy favorite to win the division. But guess what? The Pats got good faster than expected. And now, Mark, the question becomes, and I think we talked about this uh, last week as well on the television show, the, the Pats are good. Are the Pats a great team? Go and beat up on the Bills in Orchard Park in primetime, and I am all in. Yeah, because I think, you know, you and I sit on different sides of this where, and it's not just wishing, I, I look at the Patriots and I look at the fact that Bill Belichick is their coach and everything that's happening and the way that they're playing, the style that they're playing, the physical side on offense, uh, takeaway heavy on defense, shutting down opposing quarterbacks, making life hell for one quarterback you know, week after week that I totally buy in. Um, I do. I'm with you, though. This is the acid test because coming into this season, it was like the Bills have dethroned the Patriots. And this is a long run. It's going to be a nice, enjoyable long run and a change of scenery. It's like December 2nd or 3rd right now, and everything's been flipped on its butt. Because the New England wins this game. I, I'm sorry, but it feels to me like the Bills, there are many more questions lingering over what the Bills are this season with their inconsistencies than New England. If they do what they've done to other teams, you know, and it has been, there. each of these, you go look back at the six teams they've beaten in a row. There's been a rough fallout for every one of those clubs that got thumped by New England. You think of Baker Mayfield. You think of Sam Darnold's essentially season-ending. I mean, they've ripped people up left and right. So if you go and do that to Josh Sam Allen, Darnold. you've got big problems if you're Buffalo. <laughs> it, you're absolutely right. And a way, the way that we thought about the Bills coming up. But part of that is because they've like stacked these seasons and that they've been building. And the fact that 8-4 and four is looked at some disappointment for the Buffalo Bills, seven and four, excuse me, coming into this game. I mean, what a job that McDermott's done that that's somehow a disappointment to get to this point. I, this is a more experienced team in big spots than this Patriots team. Like, I think that does matter. 
Like Josh Allen kind of went through a lot of those painful moments, and he'll have more, and he certainly had some bad losses this year. But this is a veteran team on both sides of the ball with great continuity in Buffalo, and I think people are dismissing that. I, I tend to think that the most likely outcome over the next three weeks are that these two teams split because I, I personally think they're the best two teams along with the Chiefs in the AFC. And so, to me, like if the Patriots win this one, okay, let's see what happens next time. I If the Bills win this one, that wouldn't surprise me. Like if it's a blowout either way, that, that would surprise me because I think the Bills' defense, even without Tredavious White, is a challenge that Mac Jones in this Patriots offense, which has been resourceful and it's been good, hasn't really faced when you look at the opponents that they've had during this winning season. You could make the case, and I'm with you, although I'm with you to a point. Yes, would a split be shocking? No. But I think it would very much matter if New England went to Buffalo and won on Monday night. They'd be 9-4, and four, and the Bills would be kind of in, I would imagine, in a, a crisis mode internally at 7-5, and five, losing at home in that spot. They it, also it, are going to Tampa next week. So you're right. It's sort and of Buffalo bigger goes for the into Bills. A, let's say the Pats won. They go into their bye at 9-4 and four and in complete control of the AFC East. Um, now, we have touched on this, and I'll just bring it up again. The last one, two, three, four, five, four weeks – the Patriots all wins, but they've been facing a team that's missing their best player four weeks in a row. McCaffrey, Chubb, Patterson, um, uh, Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown. The Bills' profile is a healthy team that is ready and geared up for this game. Um, I like the Bills in this game. I think they're going to win the game. Uh, does anybody else think that? Is, are we at the place where we're so hot on the Pats that nobody's going to pick? Well, I, see, pick I feel here. like the getting hot on the Pats thing is almost like like I've fallen for some fervor, some religious fervor or something, where what I'm saying in those four <laughs> those four wins that you mentioned. I just asked a question. Well, no, but the four wins you mentioned, they also allowed a total of 26 points in Depends four where weeks. you look. But, but it's connected to Depends my where point. you look. But in some places, they're, they're the AFC favorites slightly. So you're not, you're hardly on, on your own. I don't think No, I don't crazy. think I'm on my own. I think the thing is that, like, maybe it's frustrating that people are back on the Patriots thing entirely. I think they are going to win this game. I think the way we come out thinking about Buffalo is how, like you mentioned, if it's a blowout, if they blew the Bills out, and the Bills have had a couple rough weeks in this season, it changes our perception of them, and it only strengthens what I think about New England. I'd be shocked if, if the Bills' defense allowed a blowout. I, I see like a close, low-scoring well, game. And I see Josh Allen being the key in terms of his running. I think it was really important last week. At early in that game, I know it was the Saints, but that's a good run defense. They called a lot of design runs. He scrambled a lot. To me, that's how you Greg solve didn't answer their, the question, their running know. game. What what was the question? I asked you who was going to win. Uh, I took the Bills and my game picks by a field goal. I don't Ooh. feel good about it. But you know, you've been doing that. All, you've been negging this Pats team all I've, season. And I've been wrong. That's not true. Only once did I pick against them when they lost, which yeah, was, but you've which been was the, the Browns. You've been the, the, hold the, the hold the horses guy. All season with the with the I, Pats. I don't I, know if it's your fandom coming through. I no. wholeheartedly believe that the Bills are going to win. Oh, you're doing it. And that's why I'm going to lock them up. <laughs> yeah, Smart. You've, you've done a great job. Smart. I, it, it could be stupid, but I really do believe that they'll probably split and that the Bills are a strong team and they'll adjust too. That, the, that this Patriots offense, like even Mac Jones last week, I don't know. They, I I don't trust them as a, like a passing game to light it up. Of course they could win this game, but I think it's going to be a low scoring defense. I mean, people keep saying Mac Jones has not faced uh, like a real defense. The Panthers were the number one pass defense mm. when they whipped them. Mm. 
Okay, I'm just saying, but what? But that, it, it's like we. When are we going to be ready to believe <laughs> oh in the Mark, in the Patriots it. if it if they handle this? I believe in them. I just think there's three. Like I said, I think they're one of the favorites, and the Bills are one of the other two or three favorites. And this is a road game. I think it's totally a coin flip game, and I'll feel like a dumbass if Ramondre Stevenson, who suddenly <laughs> ruining your fantasy team, Dan, and looks like RB1 in New England. If Ramondre Stevens is ruining my fantasy team, I have oh, a problem. I thought, you have to, I thought you had Damian Harris. And I it's do, like, but he's a bench guy. Okay. I was like, I thought Damian Harris was going to have a monster season. Suddenly, nah. Ramondre is uh, the guy. They, he is he's fun. the flavor he of the month. Uh, no, and listen, like, I'm not frustrated about the Pats being good. I don't. It's things have changed for me with Tom Brady being gone. I don't. It does, for some reason it doesn't have that same, like, kick. I'm just from a clearly like, just where are we at right now? I want to see how they come out of these three games, and I'm really excited to That's see. That's your it. prerogative. So enjoy um, the ride. So here we go. Let's move on. And before Pats fans come in, it's like I, I see them losing this one. Then you beat the Colts and the Bills, and you're in first place in the AFC. I mean, Greg, you blocked like 89% you know what I mean? percent of you're those humans. You're in first humans, place. So it's, it's like, like you got you, it. Oh, two out of three win. works. Two out of three. Yeah. And it's like you're not going to go undefeated the whole season. You're not going to win far. out the rest of the way. You you go at Buffalo, by at Indy, home Buffalo. You win two out of three. You have a good chance of getting the number one seed in the right. AFC because yep. you close Jacksonville at Miami. They've struggled and in Miami. And having earned it. Need, yeah, need a little that's help. That's a tough one. But I think the Ravens will catch some L's. The Chiefs are still the team. We'll I, see. Yeah. If I'm any team in the AFC, not that they're looking around, to me the Chiefs are still the scariest. All right. Let's take a break and then get to the draft. All right. Welcome back, Greg. You have the first overall pick. Ooh. And I could jump you. You could. And I might, because there's not a lot week? of great games. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to... Nah, go ahead. I knew you weren't. This, these are a bunch of dogs this week. You're gonna take, you're gonna take my pick when it really matters. When I can't take out. Chargers Bengals as the number one overall pick, but that's what I I'm knew doing. It. Remember in Temple oh. of the Doom, uh, I would have taken it, uh, Mark, if he didn't take it. Uh, Temple of Doom, when he rips the guy's heart out of his chest. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do to Greg <laughs> when I do that last jump. I'm oh, just no. waiting. Because, oh, yeah, I'm already thinking about that Pat schedule. Pat's Colts, Pat's That Bills. was a rough situation for the person who uh, I don't was think on he, the I don't think he that. survived that guy. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Romo's late, so I thought about taking his game. But Chargers-Bengals is easily the best game of it the is. morning. And it's a nice AFC wild card test of two quarterbacks taken in the same draft. Back-to-back, you know, number one, number six. Not back-to-back, close enough. And one of them getting a lot of grief, Justin Herbert, even though, like, his numbers, you know, he's fifth in the league. I think the, the Justin Herbert defender army is pretty strong right, right. now. You, you guys have a fortified front. <laughs> There's not a lot getting. The slings and arrows are not really yeah, hitting fa- the golden boy It's right a fair now. point when Brandon Staley is part of it. Like, he is noting that it's like, we're second in EPA. He threw that out. Like, they're, they're, <laughs> oh, like no. they're second in EPA like per play. They're top six or seven in football outsiders often. It's, it's true, and yet when you watch it, you don't understand. Burrow, I think, hasn't gotten enough attention for how well he's playing, and I know that the Bengals make it easier on him lately with how good the running game is and how good the um, defense has played, but third and 13 last week, particular play that he had, I think it was to Boyd, third and 17 last week to Higgins. He's going back there, and he said it after the game. I'm glad he said it. He was like, when I go back there, I know exactly what I'm seeing. 
and that's what it looks like. He plays more like a veteran, I think, than Herbert. He doesn't have the skill sets, but, man, it just feels like he has such a good feel, and that's coaching, too. you got to give Zach Taylor some credit, of what the opposing defense is trying to accomplish, and he knows where his receivers are, and he's got some great ones, and there's, like, always answers. And I do the QB index every week, and so many of these guys are up and down. You know who hasn't been up and down this year? Joe Burrow. Not perfect, mm. but even in his bad games, not too bad. Great games, not too great, but he's right there around like the number 10, 11 quarterback in the league. Maybe, and, and I'm just so impressed with how he's played. I thought that what happened against Pittsburgh, and if you're a Bengals fan of a certain age, you know, you've spent half your life. <laughs> I don't know how you a Bengals fan. Well, no, I mean, it's Exasperated just, hand motions. It's one of those teams that has been bloodied and beaten up by Pittsburgh for eons, and... One of those teams last week had an identity and completely stripped the other team of one. The way that Cincinnati is running the ball right now, too, um, I think that's what maybe de-emphasizes like some of Burrow's exploits to some degree because the way they came out and set the tone against the Steelers early was formidable. I mean, I think that the Bengals that we're watching in that game can beat the Bills, beat the Patriots, beat the Chiefs. I really do when you get that version because they're super balanced on both sides Guys like Trey Hendrickson was a really good pickup in free agency. He's been dominant for them. Mike Hilton made plays last week. I mean, they just, on both sides, I thought basically ended Pittsburgh's season. Mm. And yet, wouldn't it, I don't know, would it surprise you if the Chargers win this game? I can't, this was, I thought, the hardest game to pick. I have no, like the Bengals are certainly trending better, and it seems like their upside's better, and yet the way this season and these two teams have gone, I can't can't trust either. You don't trust the Bengals? I don't. Because, is it because of the Jets-Browns fiasco, back-to-back fiascos? I guess so. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. You know, It's just the nature of the season. Hey, there is one one person or group of people, who knows, that is certain how this game's going to turn Ooh, out. Ooh, I like this. Nick here again. Amongst my brothers, there's a consensus this week. They all like the Bengals. I'm a little more skeptical. Last time they were the talk of the town, they got beat by a bad Jets team. Then were completely dismantled by the Browns like Chris used to say, the Bengals can't have nice things. <laughs> so I'm really torn on what to do this week. So I went back to a conversation I had with Chris last year about how much I hated Zach Taylor. He refused to run the ball, fell in love with his finesse game, and got Joe Burrow hurt. Well, a sign of a good coach is learning from your mistakes. This year they got in trouble and made the correct adjustments. Nixon is pounding opponents, and all three receivers are making big plays because of it. You look around the AFC, and outside of the Patriots, the Bengals are the only balanced team, not only on offense, but defense, too. I can really see them making a big, deep playoff run this year. Ooh, nice. So we're going to go ahead and lock up the Bengals over the Chargers. Good day. I love what he said. He's convincing me. I might flip my pick. I went back and forth in this one. Ooh. The fact that Nick's locking up the Bengals, mm. that, that is... That's a sea change. It's a a great point on the run game, too. When you watch the Bengals, they look the most like the Sean McVay, Todd Gurley Rams, with Joe Mixon being kind of what people thought Todd Gurley was. All right. That's good. Let's move on. Good game. Not too many to choose from. (laughs) So let's move to the late games. I'm up next in the draft. I will take 49ers at Seahawks. Oh, you guys are killing me. Those were my two top games. I literally am lost in a forest This, this now. is a tough one. This is a tough one to be the third and fourth pick. This is a tough snake That week. felt personal. I think you knew Mark wanted that game. I might sit this week out. 
You know what's funny? Uh, I hope you don't, Mark. We need you, buddy. Okay. Um, <laughs> we really do. You know what's funny? I not oh, only yeah. you know. First of all, I'll start here. I'm locking up the Niners. Like I, I, I and I, I don't know if you're with me, Mark, or what, but uh, this is this feels like a perfect spot for a surging San San Francisco team. I know Debo's not there. I know how important he's been. Uh, but when I watched the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night, that just team, it looked like a dead team walking. And you can say, oh, yeah, but the, they're at home and they're tougher. They haven't been tougher at home. Everywhere they play, they're the same boring, broken offense with a quarterback who's saying my finger's fine but doesn't play the same way. Even before he hurt the finger, he was struggling. The the Shane Waldron experiment, if you want to call that, it ain't working. I don't know if it's his fault. DK Metcalf seems like he's one more, you know, three target, one catch week away from just melting down and uh, attempting a Beckham-like mutiny here. Um, so I don't like anything about what's going on with Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers, their ability to shut that game down against the Vikings really stood out to me because it wasn't just uh, their offense. It was the defense as well. And they did it uh, in a way that was impressive to me. Uh, they had, they, they lost guys, you know, uh, Aziz Al-Shahir, is that, correct pronunciation um you know he moved over fred warner goes out with a hamstring injury and that guy's making plays all game and he moves to the middle linebacker he's calling plays elijah mitchell i like what he's doing i'm in on this niners team um and that's why i locked him up i i totally think that's a legitimate um logical lock i the seahawks are as boring as a team I've watched in ages, um, maybe stripping out some of the true trash bag operations. It's stunning to see how they've been dominated. They held the ball for less than 20 minutes against the Cardinals, barely over 20 minutes against the Packers. They gave up 41 minutes of possession against Washington. They can't get anyone off the field. They can't sustain drives. You know, you're right. No Debo Samuel changes something that I think the Niners have done a really special job with under Kyle Shanahan the last couple of weeks, using him in a way that no player in the league is being used. But I do look at Brandon Ayuk, who, you know, it's these two teams are, are, are in such different places because a month ago, a month plus, it was Brandon Ayuk in the doghouse to some degree. People were writing columns saying that there's no leadership on the Niners, that they've made all these, like, headstrong front office choices that are completely disasters. And right now, it's the Seahawks that are facing a lot more chaos-induced type questions. I think if you're the Niners, you you keep rolling with what you're doing. I mean, Jimmy G, his, I, I don't love Jimmy G to the eyes, but metrics-wise, like yards per attempt, he's higher than any quarterback in the league since week eight. He has a 43 Like point. last week was a was the ultimate Jimmy G game, though. Like he played poorly, and they won 34 to 26 he's, against a good team. He's he's the guy right now. He's not the guy of the future. But the way that they're playing, the way that their offense functions, like. As long as he doesn't blow them up with terrible mistakes, which is a possibility at any moment, they'll be fine. Like on paper, this is the perfect matchup. The last three weeks, to your point, Mark, the Seahawks have averaged 19 minutes of time of that, possession. That is absurd. In the in the 49ers of 38. Now, time of possession isn't necessarily much of an indicator of anything. Like old school football coaches overrate it. But when it's that outrageous that the Seahawks are like four, three minutes on the season behind any other team, the next closest behind is the Jaguars. The Jaguars. <laughs> it's a combination of it things. It's the offense obviously stinks, and they're going three and out. But it's also like get off the field defense. Like the defense hasn't taken any of the blame, and they just give up these long drives, which on paper matches up so poorly. I think they're 29th in yards per drive allowed uh, defensively, and that's terrible. Then again – 
they've beaten the 49ers 15 out of 17 times. 15 out of 17. Like Shanahan's there for, been yeah. there for a chunk of those. The the only the only win in the last handful of years was that play by Dre Greenlaw, which decided the number one seed a couple of years ago in week 17, where they won by half a yard. That's what it took. And that was the best 49ers team we've seen for them to beat the Seahawks. So for them, it is kind of a a weird rivalry game that they haven't been able to solve. And, but this feels like the moment you saw. And, you know, any, when you think you figured out the 2021 season, it will smack you in the face. So I'm not saying, like, there's no chance Seattle puts up a competitive effort and, and even wins this game. But I just feel like where these two franchises are right now just sets up very well. And, you know, one thing about the Niners, um, one more thing I should say, is I think on the TV show last week um, in teeing up the Niners, I said, remember Trey Lance? And then there was a rep- – because he's been absent completely. Jimmy G has been the quarterback. And NBC Sports' Jennifer Lee Chan reported that Kyle Shanahan has been resistant to rotating quarterbacks because it, quote, stunts his in-game play calling. He's had one touch since week six. This is the number three overall pick. So this is – that's outside-the-box thinking uh, compared to what you usually see in the modern NFL. You pick a guy that high. He's playing – but Shanahan has made a concerted uh, effort and decision to stick with Jimmy they, G. They killed the sub package. I'm thinking back to when I was in a hospital watching the Niners using both quarterbacks back-to-back on drives over if, and over and I wonder if that would people. change this week just because no Debo, because they haven't needed him in the running game. Debo Samuel has kind of added that other element. And Elijah Mitchell's awesome. Like, Elijah Mitchell is not just, I'm going to stick in a running back. I, I would take him over Raheem Mostert. He's second in the league in yards, after, uh, yards per uh, carry after contact. Contact. Like, Elijah Mitchell's a dude. Like, they found something with him. So it's like you don't need trailers. Shanahan said that it kind of hurts my rhythm a little bit hmm. going back and forth. All right. Uh, so I took that, and now Mark's in a tough spot at the snake position. Start it up, buddy. Well, it's a bad draft, and you've got to just go for something that at least I think will have some substance on Sunday night show. Um, I'm going to go Baltimore at Pittsburgh. I don't uh, necessarily like either one of these teams. I think we understand that. Um, but I kind of find it. Ex- Keep your enemies closer. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a scouting mission. Um, I, I, I find it interesting, though, because it isn't kind of this typical Ravens-Steelers game on any level. These teams are in a fair amount of chaos, but especially Pittsburgh. I think one more, like they're basically one more loss in my book from, you know, send them off a bridge into the sea. Here, here's a concern I would have, Mark. Uh, yeah. Because I know you were – very excited and happy, and understandably so, about how poorly they played against Cincinnati. Right. And you were, you know, dancing on the grave. I do the same thing in your position. Good. But this does maybe set up as an unfortunate viewing experience for you because the Steelers in uh, win or die mode against the Baltimore team that is just barely finding ways to beat teams feels mm. like a vulnerable spot maybe for Baltimore. It's fair. I will survive. Um, I understand what you're saying. Uh, I want to see if, you oh, know, plus t- there's no good outcome. The Ravens crushing them. Is that really I know, that but fun? Mark doesn't want to see a DD reporting on the sidelines after the game. Like everybody buried the Steelers and now they're no. back and feel no, incredible. I, I would say take Pittsburgh out. Let's okay, get that's closer to the mortality of one of these two teams. <laughs> Thank you. I think you're going to get it. TJ. I think they go as TJ Watt goes. Over the last couple of years on defense, when he played last week. Not last week. Well, I think they did. He was not T.J. Watt in that, that game. Now, then he shows up on the COVID list. Either he was hurt coming into the game or who knows. You know, he, he, got co- he tested positive for COVID a day later. Probably not going to play this game. He wasn't himself last week. And they're average with him. 
and they're way below average without him. It's crazy. Like, on paper, they match up so poorly with the Ravens because they can't cover deep and on the outside. That's what the Ravens do well. They, they can't really stop the run. I guess they can't do anything. So they match up poorly with everyone. Guys like Devin Bush, first-round pick getting benched. They're his, a mess. His dad's got, like, going after people on coming, Facebook. Right. Like, there's all sorts of drama. I, they just don't make any sense with such a bad defense. They remind me of the Pats from last year. Everyone's so focused on the lousy quarterback situation and offense that, like, no one's paying attention to what was supposed to be their bedrock defense falling apart. Well, they're 27th in DVOA. They've been allowing basically 200 yards on the ground since week 10. I mean, it is, they're getting beaten up. This is, like, why you have all and, week long um, ex-Steelers coming out of the woodwork ripping him. the defense. So, him. The I, Ravens' offensive line is sneaky good, too. They've had a lot of injuries. Ah! They had nine people out this week on Wednesday's <laughs> practice, so that's a concern, but... They're that, that's good. a stretch, Ricky. <laughs> Wait, what was it for? <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Well, you guys were, yeah, yelling. <laughs> anyway. I liked it. I like that. Uh, yeah. All right, good. Any other thoughts on this? Oh game? yeah, not particularly. Okay, let's move on. Mark and snakes to you, buddy. Well, I don't love this at all, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> no, it's just it's a it's a strange week. I'm gonna go with my. I'm picking pet teams. I'm going Cardinals, Bears. I want to see. I think it sounds that was like a great pick. It's, I yeah, wanted that. It sounds like we're getting Kyler Murray because I don't know. Yeah. We've seen these clips from him at practice today, minutes before we started this, and he looked, he was, he looked spry. He looked fine to me. He also so. tweeted out Thanos on Monday, which felt felt like uh, he's and Nuke's right. practicing as well. So it all is trending towards these guys being back. Yeah, and I think they, you know, we talked about this. They managed this so well. Um, they probably could have shoved Kyler into the lineup had it been like a huge game before the bye, but they didn't have to. And they're playing a banged-up Bears team that, you know, Justin Fields is practicing on a limited basis, but Allen Robinson is not. Roquan Smith, who had been awesome for them for a couple weeks, um, is not practicing right now at this point. Um, Robert Quinn has led a defense that has just not been a typical Bears defense in a lot of ways. I don't know if you get Kyler back in here, because for all the heroics of Colt McCoy, um, the offense changes entirely if if, if Kyler's in there. They become 10 times more aggressive, um, especially if it's Hopkins in there as well. And I think they're a team that we probably – they haven't fallen off our radar, but they're not maybe getting the praise they deserve because you haven't had your star players in there. They're the best team in the NFL right now, um, mm. hands down to me, because it's their defense too. And the Bears' passing game right now – is not only the worst of this season in terms of yards per game, and that yard yards is that's just one thing, but the worst team of the last four years yardage per game. So they're a mess. Um, they are also give, have given up more sacks than any team in the league. So it just seems like against this Arizona defense, which doesn't get talked about as much because of the offense, the Bears are running into a rough scenario. In Chicago, do we worry about Arizona and cold and cold temperatures? I don't. I, you know, I would say the concern here, if you're a Cardinals fan, is rust, uh, you, you, especially with the quarterback. He hasn't played in, what, four or five weeks now. So maybe it'll take some time to knock that off. Maybe it takes a whole week to knock that off. And you said the Cardinals, you are the best team in football. Did you lose sleep? Were you uh, furious when the latest NFL power rankings came out? And the Packers had hopscotched those Cardinals. Oh, no. The number one spot. I, oh, no. See, I think, I think, though, that that's a fair thing to do hey, when you have a bye to deal with. <laughs> but I think that you will be proven uh, incorrect in the end. I think they've been the best so far. I'm with you. How do you knock them down? Plus, the peg like, Zach Ertz has emerged since Kyler got hurt. 
last right. you know game they played, it's like AJ Green making plays, Zach Ertz. They have so many ways to beat you. I kind of think I, I kind of expect Andy Dalton to start because he took most of the reps on Wednesday. That might give the Bears a slightly better chance. If I'm Matt Nagy, I might not want to. You don't want to be. You're like Nagy. sac. Well, yeah. Not right now. You're like sacrificing year, Dalton maybe. against this great defense and great pass rush for like one more week. Let's wait till Fields is 100. percent Get him back next week. Next year, you want to be Matt Nagy when he's taking the year off and he's making three and a half million dollars a year to do nothing. That's when you want to that, be Matt that Nagy. That sounds he never delightful. See, he never seems happy though. He will be next year. Once okay. he's out of this world, he's the most unhappy man in the world. You right got to wash the bears out of the hair, and you'll—he'll be fine. Trust he'll be on me. the phone like, with Adam Gase, and I'm like, "Where are we going? Which island are we going to this week? Uh, you know, let's, let's get loose. Let's I have just, some fun." Did I you see that abs- report that Adam Gase would listen if the if Notre Dame would offer him the head coaching job? <laughs> really? Yeah. When I think of Adam Gase, <laughs> I think prize recruiter. Yeah, I don't think that's going to play. Um, all right. Up next, is it the old Zeuser? It is. I think it's, it's the old yeah. Zeuser in a big spot. Okay, so I do. Dan Hansis, shout out. Thank you, hey. Paul Rudd. I do like. Uh, so you took that Chargers Bengals game, but I'm gonna have eyes on that one, Greggy. Uh, so I'm gonna take a fun game in the morning uh, with that Bucks at Falcons. Fun because I like watching Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense operate. So I will grab that game. And uh, man, what to say about this game? Hmm. It's funny, like. Are I, you gonna have eyes the Jets are early too? I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of eyes. No. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> in the toughest of all spots, uh, right there. But I'll, I'll figure it out. Anyway, don't <laughs> worry about me. Tampa Bay, eight and three, just taking care of business, rolling through. Um, I would like someone else to kind of jump in because, I, like I've said on the show, I like where Tampa is. They're staying mostly healthy on offense. They're taking care of business. And the Falcons, I kind of uh, – I have them where I have them, which is five and six, but really not in the mix, even if they're in the on the on the hunt or in the hunt category over in the NFC. Uh, anybody want to make a case they're, that well, this is a game? The, I'm giving up on them being in the hunt for anything other than a – They are, they, though. They are I literally know, but, tied yeah. for the last spot. It is weird know, to I, see I, I that Washington's I asked you I literally asked you the question on our network show if anyone bought them at all no. in, the, in the hunt category, I'm and everyone said fork. no. So I'm it's five days later. I'm sticking to fork. I just am pointing out that they're literally tied. I can't make that case for you. This was the game where it all turned around last year. You guys remember they came out of the bye, and the Falcons were up big at halftime against the Bucks. And then the Bucks scored like 28 unanswered in the second half. And then they went off to their Super Bowl run. In week one, it was 28 to 25, I remember, in the fourth quarter. And then they scored about 20 straight points off of a lot of turnovers. They should wipe the floor with this version of the Falcons team. I'm kind of out of things to say here, too. Other than Antoine Winfield is like the difference maker here for the Bucks, And they're getting Carlton Davis back, their best cornerback. They're getting healthier. And Winfield has quietly gotten a lot better, I think, since his rookie year. Might be an all-pro. Almost certainly should be a, a pro bowler. And like their One of the best plays better. you'll see from a safety this season wild, is him mossing uh, Michael Pittman, who's a giant. And Winfield, I think, is, what, 5'10 or something? Mm. He just out-physicaled and went above him to take a ball away. The ball skills for a safety there, that's pretty good. A.J. Terrell, the Falcons corner, number two in PFF's grades, has had an incredible season. In, but you need more than one cornerback. It would be good. It would be good uh, one is not enough. I, I, we would have to go up to West Point or something, I think, to find him. But wouldn't you want to see where Tom Coughlin's at on this Leonard Fournette? 
He's like, not loving it. Not I mean, only, he got a different human being. He was probably dealing with a completely different human being not, in Jacksonville. Well, maybe just a human being on a different team now with a better leadership. I like leadership. to imagine him as like now he's grandfatherly and he's happy. I'm not buying Nagy. won't even be happy next year. Uh, but I think Coughlin <laughs> is enjoying his – his time away from the game, and he's like, I know, always knew that young man could uh, could realize his potential. I'm glad to see it. That feels That's like hard fiction. Not that is not true. Not only, not only did he score four touchdowns uh, in a great <laughs> comeback win over the Colts, uh, Lenny Fournette. It was reported after the game that he gave a spirited halftime speech that inspired uh, members of the Buccaneers uh, and led to the comeback in the second half. Uh, that is not playing well with a Tom Coughlin. I, I could tell you that. No, but Tom Coughlin, you tried to center the entire experience around uh, Blake Bortles, so you're going to get a different locker room and a different offshoot of that than Tom Brady. <laughs> and okay. by the way, well, and Lenny Fournette, who is, I believe, the fourth overall pick of the 2017 draft. Uh, and just for a little timeline, because I did a little digging uh, for power rankings this week, they cut him, the Jaguars, three years into that rookie contract, September 2020, and the Bucks scoop him up, and look at him now. He's one of the more mm. productive running backs in the league. That's the Tom Brady effect. I, you could say yeah. Bruce Arians, this, that. He's matured. Bullshit. Tom Brady. That is a little bit Leonard Fournette effect. You don't think so? That he's deciding well, to course, you know, I mean, take command of his own well, that, career to some degree? I, I think that's I true, know. but the opportunity and everything wouldn't have happened without Brady. I'm buying that. Although, man, he looks good. He's playing well. Let's take a break, and then we continue on. So many strategies here. All right, Greggy, you got two picks here. I could jump you here, too, but you know I won't because it's all dog <laughs> shit now. <laughs> that's, that's two times Ricky's had to use the beep uh, in short order. Uh, I'm going to strategize and take a knock-it-out game so I don't have to watch it on Game Pass. Vikings-Lions early. None I of- swear to God, Vikings, you better not blow this it's game. It's going to be right. so close. Or be stupid right, there's about an this. outside Take care chance. Of business. Right, there's an outside chance that this is tense, and that the Vikings <laughs> could lose. You know, could lose <laughs> to the Lions to be the Lions' first win. So, like, or the Li- or the Vikings blow it out, and it's a knock it out game. Do not, do not put it in Greg <laughs> Joseph's hands with no. 12 seconds to go. Uh, the team Zimmer. Let's take care of business. Don't be so dumb. Mm. So, you know, dumb team. I thought that the Lions were establishing somewhat of an identity with an inside running game. DeAndre Swift was in a, in a top seven or eight in terms of yards from scrimmage, playing really well this year. A guy to build around. Uh, he's out this week, according to Rap Sheet. And without him, I just don't think they have many answers uh, on offense. The Vikings are probably, you know, they're without Dalvin Cook. But Zimmer pointed out, which I thought was interesting, well, like our running game hasn't been good lately anyways. And you've kind of seen them turn the dial here to putting a little more on Kirk Cousins' plate that they're just going to ride the ups and the downs if that happens. This is a nice week, I think, to get some confidence, not have the Lions-Vikings game that you had earlier in the season, which took a last-second field goal for the Vikings to win, and actually have a normal Vikings game for once. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I Alexander Madison has been great when he filled in for Cook in the past. He had 153 yards against the Lions back in week five. He fried him last year as well. So, I mean, I don't think that's a, you're, you're, that's a massive ship because that, they've been a passing team. Lions defense has come out of the bye and have allowed six. I know the you know the opposing teams have been great, but 16 or less in three straight. This Man, is, they are coaching their butts off for an 0-10 They also team. were a disorganized oh. mess on Thanksgiving. I get it. I'm just saying 16 or less from a defense 
in three straight weeks that looked like the worst in the NFL for so long. We didn't uh, talk about it as a group because it was a Thanksgiving game, but that was the game I did on the podcast. And yeah, not only did you know, I don't know if it was Aaron Glenn's fault. I don't know if it was Dan Campbell's fault. Glenn is the DC, uh, but the double timeout, which killed him, obviously. But then Nagy, on top of it, also calling a timeout to stop the clock. Uh, that was uh, quite a clinic. I think the only thing with Campbell is they got. I mean, you got to win a game. You got to win a couple games here. I get it. He's got. They will. He's engendered a lot of goodwill um, within you know Detroit's fan base and outward because of his passionate approach to the game, and he just seems like a real person. But uh, you got to steal a couple of games here, and this just. I I don't know, man. I just this is 2017 to me. Uh, the one thing I will say about and Kirk Cousins statistically. And that's why I just, you know, like your boy Teddy and everybody, like the numbers sometimes don't tell the whole story. Like Kirk, his season has been so strange because they've had, I would say, at least five games this year where he lights up the building in the first half and then they go to sleep for the last two quarters. Like there is, there's a, even with it, the numbers are there, the production's there. But the streakiness is a, is an issue with them, and I, and it's and then pl- he usually has a good last drive after being quite yes. like he like somehow but pulls a, it together. There's a reason why not last week they're like the only team like it's in a ridiculous stat. They now every game this season they've had at least a seven point lead, uh, and yet they're under 500. It's because they jump out quick, and they've had so many games where they just stall. So let's see if that happens again against Detroit. If anything, they've been consistent. I mean, I, how about go drop like a 35-7 to seven yes. bomb right. here? I mean, I, but they won't. They won't. They I feel won't. like their season is week. essentially on very thin ice if they've stumbled here. They'd be 5-7. and seven. Yeah. Hard to take them seriously. What's the, uh, what's, what's the desert on this one, Greg? Seven. No I way. Think. Seven and a half. No way. It's, I'm it's, going Vikings. Yeah. No way. I'm going Vikings. All right. Uh, All right. I'm going to wrap up my snake, snake pick here. Uh, with the football team against the Raiders in the late window. I can't quite compute that the winning team of this game will either be a 6-6 six and six football team. Mm-hmm. What? Or a 7-5 and five Raiders team, which is almost as big a what. <laughs> I... I it's going to happen, though. You confused me when you said 6-6 six and six football team. Right, but you, but the that, Raiders are also a football that team. That was right, uh, technically I correct. Though. I don't know what to do with them. Yeah, the 6-6 six and six WFTers. What? I... I I don't know. Both both of these teams I'm flummoxed. It's a I'm pretty confused. good game. It's okay. It's interesting. It's Antonio Gibson being a really important part of this Washington team dominating time of possession. He was someone coming into the year. I was like, that's your break, breakout running back right there. What a rookie season where he could do everything. And he was hurt for much of this season playing through injury, which he sh- you – Baker Mayfield's learned you don't get credit for. And Antonio Gibson's fantasy owners were not giving him credit for about eight weeks. But he looks a lot better lately. And they do match up pretty well with the Raiders in terms of the Raiders are a team that sometimes give up a lot of these uh, long drives, that their strength is in the pass rush, which maybe isn't going to be that big of a factor against Washington. I I don't know what to think of this game, but it should be close. Coin flip. I feel like this one is – there's no way to have a – I feel like a real strong handle – on this game because the Raiders when took, we gave up on them they showed up in Dallas what exactly. a performance and they caught I think they caught Dallas at the perfect time but they so, did it they still but they did, did it. do it they, did they won it. that game they deserved to win Dallas got back into that game but they still found a way to close it out and Washington they have a formula as we talked about on Tuesday's show that seems to be working but will it work if you know they fall behind if the Raiders offense continues to do things the one thing I'll say about Vegas you know and their offense coming back to life 
and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but when you point to, well, Deshaun Jackson's there now and making the plays, that feels like a once in, like, you know how the full moon shows up every month or whatever it is? Like, that's Deshaun Jackson. To ask for him to be the guy ripping the top off the defense on a weekly basis, I'm not totally sold because you still mm. need that element to show up every week. Otherwise, they become very predictable. And Darren Waller being, I think, out of this game, and I don't know. We don't what know for sure, but it looks but like. But banged right up now. at the very least, that that's a big deal too. I just, I mean, you know, we get on these streaky teams before that Cowboys game, and I'm not put saying, you know, the refs killed both of those teams in that game, but – a lot of the Deshaun Jackson value was in drawing P.I. flags as well. But prior to that explosion, they put up 16 on the Giants, 14 on the Chiefs, and 13 on the Bengals. I just see them as an up-and-down team. They can pass the ball really well. They can get to quarterbacks. That's dangerous. That'll get you they have eight a good or nine quarterback. Wins. They have a, a top, I think, five or six quarterback this year. Every time we've given up on them, they've stood up and like stayed in the mix with, with some surprising big win. And a top five pass rusher in in um in Crosby. I Yannick maybe, maybe been that's not enough. Too. Yeah, Ngaku's been great. Uh, that said, it's not like I feel that strong. But I, I just I lean a little Raiders, but I think it's because I can't get over that Washington's defense is suddenly back without sweat. You know, young and sweaty. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And you look at the opponents. They haven't played great offense. Sometimes it's good to get young and sweaty people out of your right. hemisphere. I know they play you know, the Bucks. Enough is enough. Older Washington, and dry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know they played the Bucks. The defense really had a great first quarter in that game, and then the Bucks moved the ball, and then they've played Carolina-Seattle. So it's a uh, – There yeah. is also an, – there's the a chance, and as we tape this, it's before TNF, that if the Cowboys ever lost and the Washington beat the Raiders, they're one game out of that division with uh, – Five to play. That's that's a possibility. I can't believe this. Um, all right. That's stupid. Now it uh, it goes it goes back over to the old Zeuser. Oh, I, one more note I want to say because I sometimes Greg I I had to do some checks and balances on you with the going after the the crew the the announcers and everything. Mm. You know, right. Sometimes it's I like, mean, I give a lot knows. of praise. He, he works too. in the industry. He knows this is a tough job, right? Why is he always riding these guys so hard? Because, like, those same guys are, you know, crit- you providing analysis against the players that they evaluate. It's fair. They, they, they it's fair. you know, come come criticize me. I'm fine Guess with Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? I went back this morning and I watched that last Washington drive. Because you said that the team did not bring up the Joey Sly situation. Until about 15 seconds were left on the play clock as they were about to go for the fourth down. Did it happen earlier in that drive? I want to tell you that you were right. Oh. That Greasy set it, up, set it up at the top of the possession that, hey, what are we looking for from Washington here? Open the door up. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, who's the, um, the play-by-play? Levy. Levy sets it up. Greasy, they all they do want to all back they want to check on me. Yeah, all they wanted to do <laughs> was talk about how power football's great and this is what we like to do and they talked about it for the entire drive. It was the biggest drive of the game. They're talking about Heineke's future in Washington when it's like so second then, and seven. So I'm, What's I'm holding out hope to the, for this crew. I'm like, okay, they once they get to midfield, they have to start talking about it. Uh because again, Joey Sly, injured kicker. It's a 8-point lead. They just need three. But because of the nature of the kicker being out, they couldn't kick a field goal. You need to talk about it. They don't mention it midfield. And they get another first down. <laughs> they don't mention it. Finally, at third and seven inside the 30, it almost sounded like the way it came off is that somebody got in Levy's ear and said, oh. hey, 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 
they're probably going to go for it on fourth down here. And Levy then brought it up. Okay. And then almost at the same time, they catch the cameras cut to Rivera on the sideline after a, a, a delay of game penalty makes it third and 12. And Rivera's going two. We get, we're running two plays here. And then they get into the conversation. That has to happen earlier. So I'm just going to say your criticism was valid in this case. I appreciate that. But I'm checking that. in. I'm checking in. That's what a host does. It's unfair. I it's mean, unfair it, to it's come also off unfair that the Monday Night Football crew gets the one game a week where I'm sitting by myself <laughs> at home, just like wanting a good experience. You know, there's no TNF recap to fair go criticism, no Mikey. There. And um, you know, I'm just saying, I would take the so CBS. with the Manning brothers on ESPN too, you right? Know, like I don't care. Touching hey, everyone's fair. hearts. Week you know, it week. is on what it Monday. is. It's like there's no wins and losses, but here's my win and loss. Like I would take the CBS or Fox fourth or fifth crew over that crew. Hey, that's a good job by you, Greggy. Well, I, it's I, not I like pros. This, this on a Monday never, night, it's not sold as a dream crew, right? I mean, right, it just but seemed I'm just like saying, they were star-crossed from the beginning. Yeah, so keep dropping verbal hammers on them and see where that gets them. When you sit down on Monday night. You want to just enjoy yourself. I get it, Greggy. <laughs> but remember, you already have one guy that was in that booth trying to kill you at a uh, league event. That's right. Is that it? So what? I'm trying to, in a way, that's, protect you as well. That's, right. you well, know, there's no we protecting Greg I don't Greg think from that Greg. was a public, we you know, we Every alluded to that. Every time Mark speaks, Greg concocts some lie. <laughs> <laughs> we alluded to that before. I don't know if we had fully gone um, public with that. Let's keep it, keep it that way. Okay. I think we have. I think the cat's out of the bag. Where are we? Holy smokes. Yeah. I'm up. And I will grab dramatic pause. Eagles at Jets. So I'm going to have what I'm going to do is I'm going to push. I was looking forward to that Chargers Bengals tilt on Sunday. Can only watch two games at a time. Mm-hmm. Try to watch three. You want to you want to be a playboy like Mark. You want to be in your little world. I could watch six games at once. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing that, by the way. Well, you know, I've seen your screen set up. What do you mean? Up. You got eight games? Up. I know, but I'm not like I I'm if anything, <laughs> I'm the one that has long said when well, I'm, I'm even trying to listen to two games at the same time. Right. My head explodes. So I'm not tracking well, diligently six at the same I'm time. Just, They're just there. It's like the old Parcellsism. When you got two quarterbacks, you don't got any. When you're trying to watch three games, you're not watching one. Well, I mean, but, uh, so what is the accusation? The accusation is I need to move away from Chargers Bengals, make it the first game I watch on Monday on Game Pass, and that's something to look forward to. I think you've come up with a with an absolutely um, golden plan for and yourself. And I would just say maybe it's time to X out a couple of those screens. That's all. But why? But why do you care? Like what I do? Be- Plus they're all the same size but, too. Like, this like is his games don't this get is the a bigger defer- size. I get there. I get there, and Greg rolls rolls in. He's like, "Oh, you got all eight screens <laughs> up." And then Dan comes <laughs> in and he like critiques my shirt, and then he doesn't like the way my screen. I'm not, is. Cr- I'm not criticizing. <laughs> when I see that, I'm just more. It's, it's you, just you've like, always what, got what, it set what up. It should I do to please the two of you? Wait, what did you can I possibly? I don't do? say anything. It mine's not negative. Dan is making saying it's no. That's just constructive criticism. Did you say I criticized your shirt? I mean, it happens. It's like, well, wh- why are you wearing that shirt? Well, what? Well, how, good good never, morning to you. Like, I would you know, never. Say I don't know. It's some. It's shirt. like it's some variation of like I'm like some a, kind of well, fashion did, icon. A, a you did use to have nicknames for his shirts. You're like, oh, that's old red or something. Well, yes. The- but sometimes you're complimenting the shirt too. I'm not. I see both sides. But I'm just saying, it's like why? Like I have the technology to put all the games on. And I'm not sitting there tracking it like some hyper nerd. It's just like, oh, something happened over there, and it's on a bit of a delay. I can I can grab it. I'm trying to come to the the recap show right. with as much information as possible. But you see that there's an overload. Usually a useless task. If different methods. Uh, you know, I right. respect hey, that. We've all hey. got our different ways hey, to get different here. Different strokes for different folks. Am I right? 
I mean, yes, now you've come around to that opinion, but that was that's not how this that's is, just, you know. I'm just saying that's what they say. Okay, well, they do. <laughs> and sometimes that it's, that applies. Uh, Eagles at <laughs> Jets. I'd like to uh, uh, share something, Ricky. Uh, can I get some um, funeral? Yeah. I'm going to read you some stuff here. 24 The New York Jets have played the Philadelphia Eagles 11 times. Whoa. And have <laughs> never won. Haven't been close too often. And I can tell you one of my earliest uh, <laughs> memories as a Jets fan was, and I'll go scroll right up here on Pro Football Reference, October 3rd, 1993, 35-30 Eagles win over the Jets at the Old Giants Stadium. Eric Allen picks off a ball, Boomer Esiason pass, uh, deep in Eagles territory, runs it back, zigzagging 90-yard uh, interception return to steal that game away. Uh, this has been a weird little anomaly, but the Jets can't beat the Eagles. Now they're home, okay? Jalen Hurts is beat up, okay? Uh, looks like he'll play as of right now, but I think he has a knee, and it's an issue. Ankle, yeah. Uh, ankle, and the Eagles obviously coming off a very disappointing uh, week. Uh, so you have, a, you have a chance here for the Jets. Here's the problem, and we were talking about the boy earlier in the show. The boy is... Not in a good place right now. A boy, essentially. The boy looks like a boy. And um, and that's why I think the Eagles are going to continue that streak. Because I think the Jets are in a very tough spot now. Because they, they know the right play is to play the boy as long as that knee is okay. And the knee is not okay. So that makes it – that's another layer to it. He was limping around by the end of the game. Oh, no. But that, that game is uh, last week against – the Texans was the it was moving way too fast for him, and I think that the book is out on this version, this rookie version of Zach Wilson, that just heat him up, get him confused, and he will not be able to play the game well. And that's why I think the Jets are going to struggle to score, and the Eagles will do just enough, and they will go 12 and 0 against the New York Jets. I just trust like Philly's offensive line. I trust their defense against the Jets. I trust essentially anything that they throw out there. I mean, their offense, you know, last week was a mess. Don't let's not have, you know, four turnovers and score only 13 points against the Gi- or seven points against the Giants. That's a mess. Uh, but why, the idea that they couldn't handle the Jets this week uh, would be destabilizing because if anything, the Eagles have looked legit to me four of the last five oh, weeks. Oh, stick a fork in them if they lose to the Jets here. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I do you are you saying like even a competitive game? I mean, the Jets have lost. It's I think in the what lo- is it? it's in the lock zone. It's like six and a half, so it's not a crazy favorite situation. But that's because you know what happened with Philly last week. Right. First of my, my all, my problem with the Jets a little bit, and it's just like, look at this year is what it is. You got to go. You got more work to do. Eight losses by seven or more points, and some by a lot more than seven. They've just been destroyed by teams, which is. Not what Robert Sala was selling. Well, here's the case. Their defense has been better the last two weeks. It was the worst. Against the Texans. Uh, and the Dolphins. It, okay. was the worst, it was the worst defense in the league for about six weeks. It was historically bad. They've kind of come out of that a little bit, it seems like. And that's why I don't, I don't see the Eagles like rolling up 35 points here. I could be obviously wrong on that. But I, I think this is going to be like a 24-9 to nine type game. Mm-hmm. 
but I will say this. Remember, we were talking about on the Sunday night show. I hadn't seen the game yet. And Eagles fans were furious. They were really hurt because I think they got sucked in uh, by the back-to-back wins and Jalen Hurts playing well. And it's just like I want everybody to calm down if you're starting to, like, waver on Hurts again because Jalen Rager blew that game. I mean, you don't want to put it on one player, but he's got to make one of those plays on that last drive. He drops two balls by the goal line. Either of them wins the game for the Eagles, and we're talking about a totally different situation around this team. Rager's got to be better, but otherwise I think they're in good shape this week. Yeah, well, Hurts they does re- have an ankle injury, which he's gonna, he says he's going to play through, but you could get a little Gardner Minshew in this if they Yeah, he's taking su- taken some reps. They did still have 200 yards rushing in that game. Hurts had 77 last week. So I, I think they're the perfect matchup to light up the Jets because the they they have a similar type of run game as the Pats and the Colts who really took advantage. The Jets are pretty good rushing the passer right now, but they've just got like that penetrate at all costs type of defense and a power running game like the Eagles who can do the wham blocks and do the pulling guards and everything. You. Like that's a perfect Baldy over here. That's a perfect yeah, Baldy Jr. over here. Cut your face open while they, you're at they it. They can do what Indianapolis <laughs> and the Colts uh, can do. And then on, on defense, like Darius Slay is having a Pro Bowl season. You he's one of those rare guys like you could put him on Elijah Moore and like everyone else just throws at Steven Nelson all day. But Corey Davis is hurt, I think, still. It's like so who who are they throwing to as their number two? Uh, you know, I think it's a tough matchup. Rough all December. All right. A long December. And it's, there's reason to believe. Come on, Mark, take it. I am not a good singer, so I don't Maybe think that's this gonna year help will be better than the last. <laughs> My favorite moment in the history of that show. Uh, we get the, the laugh track. The, right. facial, the facial look was really what I mean, you know, it. this is not a – singing is not my thing. You so. know, sometimes you just have a moment that you're just like, yep, Ricky's putting that on social. Oh. <laughs> The only the only chance, Mark, that you avoid social is that that somehow dings like a Adam F. Durrett's copyright. Uh, you can't sing the I'll melody. I'll get on that. I'm going to get on yeah. I mean, we just played well, BTS. Yeah, I already <laughs> lost my job because of BTS, so we're good. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a break and then hit the rest of the games. Mark, I think the draft finishes with you. It does. And uh, I have drafted Mr. Irrelevant, the Colts at Texans. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. If you live in the East Coast, that's when you start watching this. There's probably better things you could do. Uh, I will not suggest you – I will not make that decision for you. Six and six Colts. How differently they're looked at um, than, say, like the six and six Browns, for instance. But uh, I don't understand in any way how they don't go into this game with guys like Darius Leonard uh, punishing Houston's offense, which has certainly been spicier to some degree with Tyrod Taylor in there. But – um, yeah. I, I mean, a little bit. I mean, like, yes, it's Davis better. Davis Mills was like a flatliner outside, that, outside that Patriots Put it this game. way, they had 45 yards in the second half against the Jets last week and zero points. So even though they're more competitive, it's still But to SOS. your point, the Jets played better on defense. So maybe I mean, maybe it was true. that penetrating Jets defense that caused that, maybe that result was. right there. Maybe it was. I kind of dug Frank Reich because um, I know everyone was coming out of Sunday like, why did they – not use Jonathan Taylor the way that we thought they would, the way they did the week before against a good run defense in Buffalo. And he kind of stood up and like said to reporters, like, let me walk you through what we did and how many touches he got. Go watch it. Just watch. It's out there all, all over the place. And like, he stood up for why the Colts um, attacked the Bucks the way they did. My one thing with them, I, I find them so much more interesting than they were a couple 
months ago, but their season seems defined by an inability to close out some of these games. The Ravens game where they get up big, the Titans game where they got up big, the Bucks game where they had a chance to get this yeah. thing done. And it's just like, this is a separator. This is why you're six and six. So what they are good at though, and why they are, you know, totally trustable in a game like this is like fiery arrows going through bad opponents, destroying bad teams. And this should be no, we should not, we should not go far from the course has, on this one. Has any team looked more um, destined to make the playoffs, get out to a lead against a favorite <laughs> opponent, and then drop a heartbreaker. Like maybe the Vikings. The Vikings. In the NFC. Like the Vikings are. But we'll yeah. see if they even get to the playoffs because they're so hot and cold. I feel like Indy is going to do what it needs to do to get to the nine wins. Be playing in January. Maybe be. Maybe they're at Kansas City and maybe they're up twenty-four to ten in the third mm. quarter, and then disaster strikes. It just. It feels like it could be their fate. Now, you tell me if they. Play. So it kind of was their fate last year too. They had a lead in right. the Bills yeah. I mean, for a little bit. I mean, and Chiefs and Colts fans will say, "Oh yeah, we remember, uh, you know, playing the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs that 45-44 win." But Andrew Luck ain't in the building anymore. It's Carson Wentz. Uh, I think the Colts are good. The Colts are vulnerable, but I think they take mm -hmm. care of business here. Yeah, they're off. Got it. Uh oh. So this just came across our desk in email. Okay. No, this is big. Who emails anymore? Well, it's trending on Twitter as well. NFL suspends three players for violating NFL, NFLPA COVID-19 protocols. Antonio Brown and Mike Edwards from the Bucks <laughs> are suspended for three games, and then free agent John Franklin the we're, third. Uh, not John Franklin Myers. Um, we're all over this Antonio Brown. Right. Well, it's saying that could go, that a, could go to a, a legal matter beyond the uh, Yeah, suspension the is, is, is bigger. I know, big. does he... I wonder if that's why they expect it. You know, they kept saying he was going to come back this week or last week, and then the ankle injury just keeps lasting forever. Mm, and right. my suspicion is he was uh, knowing this was coming the whole time, and he was uh, that guy's a goon. trying to fight it. He's a goon. Mike He's Edwards starts for them, so that is, you know, an actual loss in a secondary three games that you know they've they've been trying to get players back not that he's a, a superstar john franklin the third makes me sad because he um was a last chance you guy who had carved out a uh, a surprising career on the very fringes if you had watched that show it, he was a quarterback well, and he turned into a defensive maybe back. in his second career he can make uh, fake ids for high well, school we don't kids. know i don't know if that's uh maybe college why kids. It happens, but probably he already was not on a team so the Bucks have been real different with Antonio Brown in there at times, so I don't. That that's true. For them. You know, Wes was but always right do. about him. Like that, he's he's not a good guy. He's a clown. Uh, he's he's a champion too. But again, because Tom Brady, like, right? Tom Brady doesn't seem to care that he's a goon. Like, the same way that it gets annoys no, a lot of us because he's because you know? he's good at football and he's like smart at football too. That's all Tom Tommy cares about. Uh, there. A three-game suspension, though, it's like he returns with three games left in the season. It feels like there's so much time left. I mean, that like we've gotten to the end. We're past Thanksgiving. Uh, we're only two-thirds the way through the season. Is there still set, you know, six weeks to go here? It's like all don't, they really care about. Plus the playoffs. My, so, point, I mean, is, like my point is this is a team that's going to the playoffs. It's going to have a home games in the playoffs. Antonio Brown will be back for the playoffs. That's okay, what, that's what matters for them. Good. All right, let's uh, hit the rest of the game, starting with the Giants at the Dolphins. Uh, okay, we'll see if Daniel Jones is playing in this game. Tom Pelissero reported that he is not playing. 
not expected exclusively to. Tom Pelissero with that report. Is he playing? The coaches keep implying that he he might be that, and he has practiced pretty extensively. They showed some video that he was the last guy on the field, still throwing passes. That's not normally what a guy that's going to miss the game does. Freddie Kitchens sounded confident, so Who's either the backup? Mike, Lennon. Mike Lennon. So either. Ooh. Either uh, Freddie Kitchen one. and the Giants are really trying to pull a fast one or Daniel Jones recovered a little more quickly than expected. I mean, I don't know, like, how much of a fast one is Freddie Kitchen's pulling if he, you know, gets us to suspect that Daniel Jones isn't starting on a broken-down Giants team. I personally but... doubt that Freddie Kitchens is Does going, that kind is of going out of his way know, to knowingly the miss. The master, Freddie right. Kitchens. Right, I don't see the, mo- the motivation for him. He's you know, at the podium to be going that far out of his way. So it's probably Daniel Jones. They had a plus four turnover ratio against the Eagles and scored 13 points. So Despite the report, I think it's probably Daniel Jones. An exclusive report. Uh, That's four wins in a row for the Dolphins. They get the Giants maybe with a compromised quarterback, then a bye, then the Jets, then the broken down Saints. The Dolphins have a really good shot to make the playoffs. Maybe maybe uh, bring that up in your conversation with Henry later. Not going to give you any I, content ideas, but sure. Great. You know, topical. my yeah. thing is I want to, you know, I think Henry's more than just a Dolphins fan. He's a fine football oh. mind, a great friend. Uh, and it, he's, he's a, also maybe the future commissioner of the NFL. So you see where Grace yeah, going exactly. with this. Oh, of course. Come yeah. on, my so you've I'm got to bake that on. into the equation. Oh, you know? don't be weird about it. No, it's just accurate, not weird. Just do it with your, you know, your friends. Uh, he's also <laughs> been a Tua defender, and uh, I think that position is feeling good right now because Tua does things well. Like, everyone focuses on what Tua doesn't do well, and maybe his ceiling isn't the highest. We don't really know. I think it's still early. But, like, he's an NFL quarterback. You can sure. tell that. He's going to be around for 12 to 15 years. Mm. I really his think— His body's going to have to hold up for that. Okay. But what he does do really well is that quick game stuff. And it's like, okay, that's great. You can throw it six yards, and you make quick decisions. You're good on the RPO stuff. It's like— not everyone can do that. Russell Wilson can't do that. I'm just not saying that he's going to be anywhere near Russell Wilson, but that's a certain sort of skill set that you can run a certain type of offense that isn't going to kill you, and he can run it right now he's, in his second year. Plus, Jalen Waddle, I think, has become a absolute factor. I mean, he was awesome last week against Carolina. Second highest completion percentage in the league. Their draft two. class is doing well, too. Javon Holland, their safety. Waddle, you mentioned – uh, Phillips last week had three sacks, so I feel like the Chris Greer saving his job, Brian uh, Flores I mean, staying around, it's all happened. Everything has changed so much since a month ago. On Halloween, they lost their seventh straight game, and now here they are at 5-7 and seven with a real shot here to go on a run and make the playoffs. And by the way, because they've gotten hot, not only – so Tua just keeps up his production, and if they go and they get to nine wins uh, and make the playoffs potentially, I think that may be enough to uh, keep them out of the Watson sweepstakes. I'm just saying it seems like he might have destiny in his hands a little bit more now, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's um, notable that they did not go trade for Watson when they no, did. No, because I mean, he literally requested to inter- to talk with the guy, and I think if Watson had been willing to play ball a little quicker, it's like their owner was all about it. I don't think their coach was That's where he wants was, to go, though, was all about it. Reports, right, so we'll and, but if the owner's all about it, if anything, too, is just, you know – built up his trade value here where they could move him maybe in a three-team deal, whatever it's going to be. Oh, I see. I wouldn't want that. So they would trade for Deshaun Watson and then get a huge, like, uh, a nice bundle back for Tua. Uh, you're getting rewarded for 
bringing Watson on. Let's just move. Well, these deals are no. often we'll, dirty. We'll, so we'll, we'll talk about. Okay, it. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to say the the All Pro Turf team. Well, I don't know what they're doing down there at Hard Rock Stadium, but that is a gorgeous natural turf. Why oh, can't everybody else do that? I guess it, maybe it's the climate down there. Yeah, I think there. the climate helps to some degree. Own. Yeah. Just take a look at if you want to go back and take a look uh, at a 33-10 win over the Panthers just to see what perfect turf looks like. <laughs> Maro. All right, let's move on. Nice job there by the old uh, maintenance crew, groundskeeping. I thought you were going to congratulate yourself for that comment for a minute, but then you went I thought crew. it was actually a good job by me to notice the small things. So now we've done that. What shout I just out. Thank you, Paul Rudd. Finally, the Jaguars at the Rams. Slaughter. Uh, this is the perfect opponent for the Rams. Put it this way, Greg. If the Rams do not beat the ever-living crap out of the Jaguars, that whole thing's going up in flames. You might as well have BTS take over the stadium because the Rams won't need it anymore because they will be moribund. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not too worried about that. I do worry when they, like, trail in games. They're weirdly not built for that because their defense – Gives up these long drives, like they're 29th in yards per, or you know, plays per drive. So it's like when they trail, suddenly the other team's holding on to the ball forever. And then Matthew Stafford gets a little panicky. There shouldn't be trailing in this game. I think it's perfect to work some of the things out. I still think they have so much talent offensively that they have plenty of time to get it ready. It's like we make these sweeping judgments. All these teams that have totally reversed course, like the Miami Dolphins or, you know, teams that have flipped like the Rams, like just as many teams are going to do that the other way around over the next five or six weeks. And I, I think the Rams have shown that they can do that. I just there's just little, you know, the game management for McVay bothers me. The fact that Sony Michelle's returning kicks. I mean, what is going on here? It's a special team. I, you got to get bomb. One thing I'm looking uh, I'm looking at uh, Odell and I know he had the touchdown. No, he's banged up. He's got the pointer. I want to see in a game like this with a positive setup in terms of the opponent, he really needs to be a part of that offense. He was targeted, I believe, 10 times. Played 98% of the snaps. Yeah, Five so, for 81. So they're doing every – and he made the big play downfield, but otherwise was you know most of the cutaways to him. He was in a lot of pain on the sideline. Yeah. He really needs to be the guy, that number two, and this would be a good spot to either establish that, oh, I'm a part of this offense now, I'm productive, or – Maybe he's limping around, holding his back the whole game. We'll see. This is a, you know, it's time to really work him and involve him, make him a real part of the offense. I know you're looking forward to that, Mark. I am looking forward to it. <laughs> Cannot wait to see it. But I mean, I, it's just a exit. Like it's just a case in point that OBJ and Robert Woods are not serving the same function inside that attack. I think they really miss Woods. We've talked about that. You've got to, you've got to take care of business here in a decisive fashion after three terrible weeks. I mean, the Jaguars. I think they're like maybe three more losses away from like a Heaven's Gate scenario. I mean, they are a mess. So, <laughs> um, all right, that's uh, week thirteen. I believe I didn't leave anybody out, right? I think we got everybody. Uh, four teams on bye. Um, now, Ricky, uh, do you know you are a our uh, pop culture consigliere? Yep. Um, do you know if there's a bad boy in BTS? You know how the yeah, archetypes? there's one like rapper in. In the group, I I do not know his name. Why do you just assume the rapper's the bad boy? Because he's the one that's like in all the music videos, like has all like all right, I'm just checking. The has all the, got some the biddies around him, and yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite bad boy, um, boy band member, and I had Lakeisha help me out with this too. So you had Donnie Wahlberg and KOTB, mm. AJ McLean, Backstreet Boys, uh. Bobby Brown, New Edition, 
This is a this is a, this may not surprise you. Lakeisha, help me with this one. Romeo from Immature. <laughs> Nailed it. I think she's accurate there. Noted bad boy. Definitely yeah. Yeah. not something you could have pulled. Romeo, uh, right there. Okay. Well, did you know that Romeo? I've never even heard of Immature. immature. <laughs> Never heard of immature. I have to admit. And then uh, Joey Fat One from NSYNC. What? Was he the bad boy? No. Are you kidding me? He's the biggest one. Joey Fat One. I mean, <laughs> you you weren't around for when they were really popular. Maybe back NSYNC. then he was, weren't you? Were you too young? You were like six years old. Greg, you Shit. know I'm like the biggest diehard NSYNC Fair. Justin Timberlake person on the face of this okay. earth. And mm. it maybe was JC. Justin wanted to be the bad boy, and that's when Justified came out. 2001 is when he sort of made his bad boy. Sort of, you know. Justin was the bad boy. He just was the. the he was just sweet. But brother- it wasn't Joey. <laughs> I mean, he was like. Oh, rapping about the whole Janet thing, <laughs> you know. Um, I know, bad, bad luck, especially with that new Janet doc that just came out. Oof, it's Justin a tough time. Buried. It's a tough time for JT. I do have a bad boy story. Like um, my brother Kevin Danger Hansis, who I would say is the bad boy of the Hansis family. Mm. Uh, we were driving. Oh, oh yes, yes he is. Oh, that wasn't a drop. <laughs> yeah, no, that, no. like I mean, I know him. We were driving on, uh, I believe it was the 405, and um, this is five years ago or so. And and Danger looks over to his right. And there he is, A.J. McClain, driving a Beamer, like, zooming up on our right. And uh, Kevin rolled down the window, and he's like, A.J.! <laughs> and uh, he just, like, he threw up deuces and then just accelerated, like, out of view. And it was that's like, hey, that's behavior. a bad boy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yelling, A.J., not bad boy behavior, but, you know, you, gotta, you do what you got to do. It would be a bit of a problem for your brother, who's nicknamed himself Danger, or someone has, and he and he were the lesser bad boy in your family. That there was, you know. Can only be one bad boy. Right. Who's like, the bad boy of you three? Well, it depends what you're, what, what yeah. qualifies. We're not the most dangerous group of guys. I don't know, but if it's like if I wouldn't want to mess with one of you... It's probably me. It's probably Greg. Right. Just Greg because would, Greg, Greg, Greg. But that's more like, Machiavellian. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like than... manipulative. Like he'll take you down like mentally. You know what I mean? Like he'll like destroy okay, you. You gotta and, go like, with what you got. And he'll make you like really like. Well, you don't have to do that. Kind of <laughs> contemplate your life and like if it's worth like waking Stuff. up in the morning. You right, know this has I mean? turned into a psychiatrist office. Well, no, here. I mean, I just I really think that you guys like. I don't think we have a. a true sometimes you just. <laughs> Greg <laughs> really likes to. Put you down, and he makes fun of Mark's that shirts and Mark's screens. Uh, and, and I didn't make fun of your exactly. shirts, Mark. Yeah, I only comment. On I that. will make fun of um, Mark's lock choice this week while I join it too, which we gotta settle that business because he mentioned how the uh, the Saints Cowboys game was lockable this morning. Uh, well, it was after uh, Teron Armstead, Ramchek, and Kamara are out. So I'll just join Mark because I have no shame. I, I, I got I I a catch a bird. That happened to, to I got to catch with. a bird. Uh, and uh, <laughs> all right, good luck to you. You well, guys, like, you guys right are now. really that, you're not joking. Yeah. No, I'm gonna do it. Locking up the Cowboys. I'm locking them Who, up. You locked the locking Patriots last week against like, a shattered Titans so much, team, and that was it. That I'm was last just so under. Erica's beating me, and she's trying to lose. I, I was six up, and a half. Enough. That was I haven't won in like three eight Titans weeks. Team. It was a eight six and a half spread with no players on the field. Are the Saints even? It's a game. Technically, an NFL team at this point. It's a game with rules. I mean, if you follow the rules, that's that's all you got to look at. I'm totally good with it. You're playing the guys. You're Big playing the game the right way. Rules. All right, that's it. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday night with the flagship program. Uh, so make sure you're there for that. And uh, thank you to everybody, and have a great weekend, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> BTS. Let's try to get the hell out of here before the insurrection takes hold. Hopefully see you Sunday. What a mess. Heed the call.